Merry Christmas, everyone. So good to see everybody here. Thanks for being here tonight. Um, you know, if, if you're like me, uh, then this time of year can be kind of an emotional roller coaster. Um, there are obviously so many things to be thankful for, so many things to be happy about as, as we give gifts to the people we love, uh, as we stop and celebrate and thank the Lord for, for how good He's been to us. Uh, we can have a great time this, this time of year sitting with our family, uh, telling stories about funny Christmases past, um, about, about loved ones who are now gone, about bad pr- Christmas presents we've received. Um, it, it's, it's fun to drive around town and look at Christmas lights and drink hot cocoa and sing uh, Christmas carols. And as joyful as Christmas can be, many of us uh, at the very same time might feel very lonely right now. Um, stressed, sad, or scared this time of year. And if that's you, I just want you to know that's, that's okay. You're not alone. Um, for lots of different reasons, some of us might feel tonight like we're on a ride that we don't want to be on. But we have no choice but to keep riding this ride into a valley that, that might look really dark. If that describes you, if, if this season is an emotionally heavy time for you, if you sense a darkness about you, then I want you to hear this. The good news of Christmas really is for you. It really is. The, 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 this good news, this, this gospel of Jesus' birth, is that there is actually now astounding hope for you in the darkness. Jesus has has come. Why did he come? Why was the baby born? Why do we celebrate this? Why do we put this in front of our houses? Because he has come to free us from the power that the darkness has over us. Many centuries before Jesus' birth, uh, there was an ancient prophet named Isaiah, and he prophesied that Jesus would be born among us and that he would be a great light for us in our darkness. Isaiah 9 verses 2 and 6 say this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So in Isaiah's time, long before Jesus walked on earth, humanity lived in darkness, okay? Just like today, that there was this, and I'm not talking about just lights off, right? They didn't have electricity, obviously. But I'm talking about a real perceptible spiritual darkness that permeated much of what was happening around them. Murder and greed and jealousy and abuse in households and wickedness and tragedies and divisions, and physical illnesses, and pain, and suffering, and worry, and and terror, and death, and sorrow, and loneliness. Doesn't that sound familiar? And while Isaiah admitted humanity's inability to escape this darkness on their own, he was led by the Holy Spirit to write down this prophecy of hope for us that one day God would rescue humanity from the darkness. See, we need somebody to lead us out of the darkness, to lead us out of 
sin and the destruction that it brings. Sin is, is disobeying what God says, who's our creator and who wants good for us. And so, since we need somebody to lead us out of darkness, God, who is full of grace and mercy, has sent us a light. He sent us himself. God the Son, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the light of the world. And just like the angels, they lit up this, these fields outside Bethlehem in the middle of the night. They sang praises to the glory of God's name as they were radiating the glory of God. So also the shepherds who were sung to by these angels who saw this glory of God. Well, this is what God wants us to know. The angels are singing to us tonight too. They sing God's praises to him so that we can know that there's light in the darkness tonight. And they're telling you, this is the gospel, they're telling you that God came as a baby to rescue you from the power of darkness and to give you a living hope, a living hope in the darkness. Some of the most beautiful words that were ever spoken about Jesus' birth were spoken by a relative of his named Zechariah. And these words really caught me this week. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible and then you read it again. It's like, man, I don't know if I've ever read that passage before. Like it really stuck out to me. This is what happened to me this week. So, so, so near the end of Mary's pregnancy, Zechariah spoke these words. He said, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The coming sunrise that Zechariah spoke about was this baby, Jesus. Zechariah said, Jesus is gonna visit us from where? From on high. He's not of this world. He's from heaven. He made heaven. And this is why he, he's done this. It says, to give light to those who sit in darkness. So does that describe you tonight? It does if you don't know Jesus. You're living in the darkness of sin and guilt before God, even if you think that you're looking and living in the light. Jesus can bring you out of the dark, though. And Zechariah says that the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit, where else? In the shadow of death. The shadow of death is a horrible place to dwell as many of you know. And that's where some of you have been this year. That's where some of you are, are dwelling right now. But Jesus came so that even where you are, if you are in the shadow of death, right there you can have the light of his glory and the light of his salvation. Okay? It says, because of the tender mercy of God, the sunrise visited us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Why? To guide our feet into the way of peace. This is why the angels of God sang, and this is why they are singing. Because Jesus, our creator, our king, has come. Okay? He's come. And this is the great news. He loves us. Jesus came like the dawn after the darkest night to shine his light onto us, to guide us out of the darkness and into the way of peace. 
You know what that means, you guys? There is hope for you tonight. And there's hope for me tonight. And that's because we can turn away from false hopes and empty hopes, and then we can instead now put our hope in the one uncreated hope, the one unextinguishable light of the universe, Jesus Christ. And Jesus said this, even the gates of hell will not and cannot prevail against him and those who are his people. That's, that's the kind of hope I need. That's the kind of hope you need. And that's what God offers to us in his son Jesus Christ this Christmas. A little over a month ago, I received one of those phone calls you never want to receive. It was 10, 15 at night. My brother Mark, who lives in Denver, was on the phone. He was crying and he could barely get out any words. And he was standing outside an emergency room where a doctor had just told him that his 13-year-old son, his only boy, Eli, had a large cancerous tumor in his stomach. And it was a nightmare. We were put onto a ride we didn't want to be on. And we had no choice. And I'll never forget the oppressive darkness that I felt that night a month ago as I tried to sleep. You know, feeling so helpless, 1,200 miles away from my loved ones, feeling so scared for Eli and for his parents and for his sister, and feeling bombarded by scary what-if thoughts, and, and honestly, feeling spiritually attacked and feeling tempted to question everything I believe about God and about his word. And no matter what I tried, I couldn't sleep that night. The darkness would not let me sleep. And as soon as I fell asleep for a moment, I would wake myself up. I would just, I would be, awake, I would sit up, I would shout, God, no, or help him all night. That's what I was doing. I was like praying in my sleep so hard that I would wake up. At one point, I distinctly remember feeling this evil darkness surrounding me. I remember feeling like the ground beneath me was actually caving in and I was falling into an abyss and I had no hope of being rescued out of it. That's called despair. This is what the psalmists write about feeling. That was one of the darkest nights of my life. And as terrible as this oppressive darkness has been for Eli, for our family this past month, I'll tell you what, we have incredible hope. Because we know Jesus has come. We know that God will not let us sink into the abyss. Jesus is our light in, our sh in the shadow of death where we're living right now. And even if things don't turn out the way we pray they will, this is the fact. Jesus is leading us into the way of eternal peace. This life, you guys, kids, young ones, adults, you're not bulletproof. This is just a breath, and your kid could get the call tomorrow. It happened to us. You could get the call tomorrow. So how are you going to live today? Life is just a breath but we know our peace is going to be for eternity. And this is connected to what happened in Bethlehem. You see, because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the, the destructive consequences of sin, like cancer and everything that leads to death, those things will not have the last word for those who belong to Jesus. You understand, you understand how the, 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 the manger is connected to the cross. We used to have a cross up there. <laughs> but it's good, we've got this screen now, okay? You have to understand this. 
from the moment he was conceived by the Holy Spirit until the moment he breathed his last breath, Jesus never sinned against God, the Father. He was perfectly pure. That's the exact opposite of us. We're an impure people, and God lets us know over and over again in Scripture. But in his, his life, what did he do? Jesus, he perfectly fulfilled every command of Scripture. And guess who gave the Scripture? He did. It's his law, and he submitted to it. And nobody but him has ever done this. And that's why you, won't find, you, can't, you cannot find hope in anybody else. You can only find hope in the one who's truly obeyed the law, and that's Jesus Christ. And why did he do this? He lived a pure life to transfer to you the credit of that life. Get that? To take away your bad bank account and your debt and to fill it with all of his merit as your God and your Savior. That's, that's yours when you trust in Jesus. And so as this perfect baby who grew up into a teenager and grew up into a man without sin, who, who fully embodied the, the fullness of God, Jesus then offered himself to be punished for the sins we have committed. Why? Because God is a good judge and he doesn't let evil go unpunished. But he said, instead of you suffering for it, I'm willing to suffer for it for you. And that's what he did on the cross. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. He's the only perfect spotless lamb of God who's come from God and who totally appeases God on our behalf. You can't do it and I can't do it. And it says this, this is what he tells us. When he was nailed to the cross, his perfect body became indwelled with our sin. And Mary who gave birth to him was sitting at the, standing at the cross watching her perfect baby who was born innocent now become indwelt with our sin. And God the Father poured out his wrath toward our sin onto Jesus. Why did God do this? The Father, why did the Son do this? And why does Jesus, or why does the Holy Spirit apply this to us who believe? Because he loves us. He's incredible. He doesn't want you to live in darkness and despair right now in your life. He doesn't want you to live in darkness and despair and destruction forever. Turn to him. This is what he says. Turn to me tonight and be saved from the darkness. And then it says that when his sin indwelt body was killed on the cross by the Roman executioners, our, our sin and guilt was killed with his body. And so on that cross, Jesus suffered and killed our sin, and then he gave us credit for living the perfect life that he lived. And not only that, what happened? They buried him, and then the, he rose again three days later. He showed us we can trust his message. We can trust his accomplishments on our behalf, and that we who trust in him have already conquered death and hell and fear and disease because Jesus conquered it for us. That's why the manger is good news, you guys. This is what he came to do for us. He didn't come to be our example for us, and say, be like me and you'll have eternal life. He came to say, you can't be like me. You'll never be like me. So I'm gonna die for you so that you can be with me. <laughs> of 
course we want to be like God and, and the Holy Spirit helps us, but we're all going to struggle with sin to the day we die. But Jesus loved us so much, he said, I'm going to take the punishment for you right now so that you can pursue me, not out of fear, but because you know I love you. In the last book of the Bible, <laughs> Revelation, what it says is that, you know the song Joy to the World we sing? It actually is about the book of Revelation. It's about Jesus' second coming. It's not about his first coming. It's not about Christmas. We sing it at Christmas because we don't really have a holiday to celebrate the second coming, right? We will someday. But um, Jesus said this. When he comes back, he's not coming like this. He's not coming as a humble little um, um, homeless baby in a manger. He said, I'm coming in the clouds. I'm coming as the all-powerful creator king, and I'm going to bring eternal justice to the cosmos that I made. And he says this, I'm going to throw Satan and his demons, all who reject me, and everything evil into a lake of fire forever. And then I'm going to turn to those who trusted in me, who loved me, and I'm going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death will be no more. And neither shall be their mourning, nor crying, nor pain ever again for Jesus' people. And then he says, I'm going to live with you. Emmanuel, that's my name. God with us. I'm going to live with you forever. And there will be no more darkness. Why? Because he is the light. That's what he says. I'm the light of the world. You will not need any more lamps because I'm going to illuminate the whole place in my glory. We'll never walk in darkness again. I cannot wait for that day. A few weeks ago, I flew back to Denver to be with Eli and his family, and I was sleeping in a nearby house, kind of by the hospital, and at 4 a.m., I received another one of those calls that you never want to get. Eli was suddenly losing a lot of blood, and the nurses and the doctors were panicking because they couldn't figure out why, and they didn't know what was happening, and Mark, he just said, just pray, just pray, just pray, just ask everybody you know to pray. <clears throat> Well, I got dressed and I sped over to the children's hospital as fast as I could and I pulled into this almost empty parking garage in the middle of the night. I pulled into a space and suddenly the radio station changed. And I don't know if I touched the radio or if it changed by itself. <laughs> I don't remember touching the radio, but somehow the radio had switched to a Christian station in Denver and the song on the radio that came on right then was called There Will Be a Day by Jeremy Camp. And I sat there in that parking lot before I went into the hospital and I listened to these words. It says, I know the journey seems so long, you feel like you're walking on your own, but there has never been a step when you've walked out all alone. Troubled soul, don't lose your heart, because joy and peace he brings, and the beauty that's in store outweighs the hurt of life's sting. But I hold on to this hope and the promise that he brings, there will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we'll hold on to you always. You know, there's about 100, I'm sure, radio stations in Denver, and I don't have them memorized, okay? And the last thing I was thinking about driving to the hospital is what radio station I want to listen to. But I think that night God turned that radio to that song, because he wanted me to remember that even in the shadow of death, he will be my light. He will carry me and his people through faith into eternal peace. 
And so you guys, this Christmas, we celebrate with Isaiah, we celebrate with Zechariah, that we too have seen a great light. That Jesus, our conquering king, was born in Bethlehem just as the prophets prophesied. And I hope that you tonight will turn to him in faith and in trust and trust him to be your light out of the darkness and your pathway to peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for coming. Thank you for your great mercy that did this. Thank you for your unfathomable love, God, that went to the cross for us so that we wouldn't have to live in the darkness and suffer the consequences of our sin forever. God, we know you said that we will face many trials and trouble in this life, but you are with us and you have overcome the world. So as we are in sorrow tonight or if we're in great joy, may we as a people point to you and say, Lord, we're nothing without you. Glory be to your name alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.